just think, man, it, it all started because you did a video on taking the garbage out. <laughs> exactly. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on You Think, presented by Audiorama and our friends at Body Armor. Um, big day. The day that I am sitting here recording this, we are getting ready for the city championship in our Pop Warner football. It's a huge day. We've been working on this since, God, late June, early July. Um, it's been a good year. The kids have gotten a ton better. We had a lot of kids who had never even played football before. So in that regard, it's been a huge success. Um, and tonight's the night. It's really cool. The way they set it up, um, we're going to play at 7 o'clock under the lights at this uh, place uptown Charlotte called um, Memorial Stadium. It's like a refurbished older stadium that they used to hold major league lacrosse games. They hold like big showcase high school games at, um, to start and, and each year. So it's a, it's a really cool facility, really cool venue. I've been there a bunch. So we are going to be under the lights and, uh, I think the kids will be a little amped up early, but, uh, we got to settle them in. We got to get ready. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm fired up. I have to be honest. I've been thinking about this game now for like 10 days. So fired up. I will let you guys know uh, how it goes on our next show. But just be thinking of the South Charlotte Patriots tonight. Big, big showdown versus the Pal Panthers. So we'll let you guys know how that goes. Today, we have a really good show. Uh, today's guest is Christian Haynes. Um, played football at the University of North, North Carolina in Charlotte. Um, has an unbelievable uh, online social media presence. He, he's known as the Black Badger, uh, full-time content creator. He's been on SportsCenter, BET, The Shade Room, MTV, over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, almost 2 million subscribers on TikTok, which is wild. So it was really cool to, to talk to him, not only about his transition from a college athlete and football player to a full-time content creator, but just to get someone's perspective of, of what life is like when you live full-time on the internet and your entire life and presence is on social media, the good, the bad, what he has seen as far as kids being able to leverage social media to improve recruiting or awareness or scouting or whatever the case may be. So it was a really fun conversation. Great kid. What an unbelievable personality. Super funny, super creative. Um, really enjoyed ha uh, hanging out with him. So hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Christian. Um, as you guys know, our show's sponsor, Body Armor, not only fuels this show, but fuels all of our youth sports teams here in the local Charlotte area. Uh, there's a lot of choices for sideline sports drinks. Uh, our family's personal favorite is uh, orange mango, strawberry banana. You guys have heard me say that a lot. Whether we're on our way to the field, the gym, uh, practice games, summer, doesn't matter. My kids, hey, dad, do we have any body armor? If not, can we stop at the gas station? Can we stop at the grocery store and get some body armors. They love it. All the kids on our team love it. And um, it's just always been the case. It's what they want. It's what they choose. And we're happy to provide it for them. Body Armor is made with uh, coconut water, B vitamins, no artificial sweeteners. And for more information, you can go to drinkbodyarmor.com. So now, please enjoy this conversation with the Black Badger, Christian Haynes. Christian, man, we're, we're pumped to have you. A guy right in our own backyard and looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for joining us on You Think. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I haven't been on a podcast in a while, so well, you're dope. too busy. You're too busy making making videos. I I've actually watched. <laughs> I've actually watched a bu a bunch of your videos, and uh, dude, you're funny. Like, wh wh just where did it all come from? Like, were you always the guy 
on the team, I've, I've had a million teammates where you just know like, all right, that's the guy. He's always going to have something to say. He's always going to be fun. Like, was that always you from the time you can remember when you were young? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, a lot of it started just from, uh, just being young and, uh, like elementary school, just being that class clown kind of guy. But I, I was also about my grades, so I wasn't like getting in trouble or nothing, but I was funny when I could be funny. But uh, also my dad, I think a lot of his silliness and funny ways has rubbed off on me. And it's almost like I'm almost like a replica of him. So I was just always that guy. But especially like when I uh, walked on to Charlotte and got really comfortable around the guys, like when we were in that locker room, I'm always like doing something like acting out movie scenes or doing something to just make everyone laugh. So it's kind of like in my DNA just to make people laugh like, one thing about me, people is like, they don't never know when I'm serious because I'm always playing around. So I just always been like that. Yeah. Well, so, so take us back. You mentioned, you, you know, this has kind of been your personality. You mentioned your dad. Give us a little idea. Obviously here on you think, you know, we tackle all aspects of the youth sports scene, what these young kids are growing up, the environment they're growing up in, especially with social media. And we're going to, we're going to dive into the social media transition that you made a few years back into a full-time content creator. But just tell us a little bit about Growing up, you mentioned you walked on and played at UNC uh, Charlotte right here. The 49ers eventually earned a scholarship. Just what was your youth sports experience like, you know, growing up and what sports were you exposed to? What sports did you gravitate towards? Of course, football being what you pursued in college. Yeah, so uh, starting when I was younger. uh, So my first sport I ever played was tackle football. I didn't even do flag football. We went right into tackle and uh, my dad was actually my uh, coach, but I have about I have six brothers and uh, three of them all went to go play uh, D1 football. So it's kind of like football was just always in our family. So I kind of wanted to like go in their footsteps basically. So uh, I played football, little league. I played on a military base with the, um, uh, actually the 49ers, which is pretty ironic because the the Charlotte 49ers. But yeah, I played little league and then um, it's crazy. I went to middle school and that was a time where, uh, like, I was all good in middle, uh, like, playing Little League. But when I got to middle school, like, I didn't play at all. So that was one thing that motivated me going into high school because that's when I first started learning about training. And then I was just training daily all through high school. I ended up being all conference in high school. But uh, sadly, you know, I didn't get a scholarship, mainly due to, like, you know, smaller school. And then I wasn't the biggest guy. but. Um, after high school, I ended up walking on to actually Elizabeth City, and uh, which is a D2 school. And after that, that's when I got to Charlotte and then played ball from there. So, yeah, I actually walked on to two schools. Look at that. I love Hey, man. And it all worked out. You got your scholarship at, at Charlotte. It all worked out. T- take, you mentioned you had, there were six of you guys, and three of them went on to play. What, did your father play? Like, what what? what do you attribute the success that, that you and, and, and your brothers had, like all the guys going on to play football in college? Like what was, was it because of your dad's coaching? Was it his background? Was it what you were exposed to? Just what do you think is the reason why so many of you had success to move on? A hundred percent. My dad, for real. Um, my dad played football. Uh, he's from Miami. So he played football in high school there. And I think he, he played cornerback. So he tells me how like, he had like 10 interceptions. What one school season. did he go to? Oh, Do you know what high school I, he went to? I think he went to, oh, man, it's crazy. I, I literally know it. That's right. I, I was just it's curious. Somewhere in, 
somewhere in yeah because uh, there's some good ball I down there there's some good oh, did he go to a public school or private school he, de- he did he did he went to the same high school chad johnson went to yeah there's so many there's so many good public schools down there i mean you, miami yeah. central and um, mm-hmm. C- columbus i mean there's a million of them yeah but anyway yeah, it, it's a lot but uh yeah so he played there uh, in high school and then um he he didn't want to play college ball or like he wanted to play college ball he had a chance to but uh he wasn't really focused on school as much so that's when he went to the military and then he actually played football in the military as well and then you know a lot of his uh friends like we went back to Miami and they'd be like oh man your dad was bad you know how that be <laughs> they'd be like oh your dad was good and stuff like that so he'll tell me the stories but you know when someone else tells you, then it's, it's different. But uh, yeah, my dad was really the main motivation for us all playing ball. And um, he, uh, I know he coached me and my older brother since we were like in Little League. And then he coached my youngest brother too in Little League football. So uh, my little brother, he, he loved football up into high school. And then he was like, I'm good. So <laughs> what, what was his style? Was he hard? Was he old school? Was he uh, new? like, what was his style? Well, uh, definitely uh, strict and old school. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he was in the Marines. So yeah, okay. Was I was like going to say, he's got every- that military background. Exactly. So it was like everything was strict and order. But one thing I did like uh, when I played football was that um, with my dad, when he was my coach, I was able to call him dad. You know, sometimes they'd yeah. be like, oh, when I'm on the field, I'm your coach. But I always said dad, and he had no problem with it. And I always re- really liked that. Yeah, that's my, my dad was my high school football coach too, for me and my brother. So we used to call him dad. I, I, I never <laughs> could muster up calling my dad coach. It just, it never felt right. And if other people didn't like it, that was tough. <laughs> so, so explain, you know, at what point was, you know, the social media, you know, you kind of grew up in that era. Like at what point was social media, did it just enter into your life just for entertainment fun? Like what, what are your earliest memories as a young kid growing up where you started to get that itch to just kind of live and and kind of partake in that social media experiment you know twitter and then instagram now more recently mm-hmm. with tiktok and stuff but how far does it go back man so i was watching it's crazy i was watching youtube skips like in fifth grade when it was kind of like i don't even know if people was getting paid on it then but uh i was watching youtube skips way back then and uh just watching random stuff up there and um, as time went on, you know, Snapchat became a thing in high school. So in high school, I would make skits for Snapchat and uh, people would see it on Snapchat and they'd be like, yo, you're like funny. Like you should do YouTube <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to go D1. I ain't worried about all that skit stuff. I'm trying to get a scholarship. So uh, as time goes on, uh, when I get to uh, Charlotte, I'm still doing skits, but it's like, for myself on Snapchat, I wasn't posting it because I didn't. I didn't think anyone cared. And then eventually, I had uh, a lot of people hit me up like, "Yo, you need to like do YouTube and stuff like that." It's actually one of my my ex's older sister. She would always post tell me to do YouTube, and I was just like, "Yeah, maybe." She was like, "You're like really entertaining. You need to do YouTube." So I did it my senior year of college. I want to say, yeah, going into my senior year of college at Charlotte, I started a YouTube page. Just to do it, I was like interviewing people and just uh, doing it like that. And then eventually we got in season and I didn't want to like, I was focused on the season. But then the pandemic hit and that's where everything changed because I was bored. I was in the house. I just got uh, technically laid off my job because I was working at the gym 
and then nothing was open. So I came back home to Jacksonville, North Carolina, was chilling. People was on TikTok. I was like, I might as well just make something. I made one skit about uh, how it feels when you go take the garbage out and how someone's like, it feels like someone's chasing you. <laughs> and then that thing blew up like crazy. And my boy, Ben DeLuca, that played with me at Charlotte, he was just like, yo, just keep going. And I was like, I ain't, I mean, I'm bored, so I might as well. And things just took off. And I'm yeah. having an interview with you now. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about so much of what we talk about here is is kids preparing that sports. Sports is an experience, right? So, as a young kid, you grow up. Sports is your whole life. You grow up, you know, playing ball and whatnot. You eventually get to college, but then there's always that pivot, and it happens at different times for different kids. Sometimes it's after high school. Sometimes some kids are fortunate enough to go to college, but there's always that pivot. There's always a day where the what you've done your whole life in sports ends and you need to make that transition in, in, into something new. So think back. So with pandemic, you'd always kind of toyed with it, but it was always kind of secondary when you finally said, you know what, I'm going, I'm going all in. I'm going to be a content creator. There's money to be made. I have a, I have a gift I've known for a long time. I like to entertain and make people laugh. Like what was that pivot point in that process? Like looking back when you had to just say, Hey, I'm going all into something. Is it scary? Is it exciting? Is it new? Like, what, what when you think back to that, like what what do you remember? Um, I just remember. So one thing about me, um, a lot of how I, I I move now is due to how football was, like how I reacted in football. So one thing I have about my mentality is always being consistent in what I do. I've learned that from football. I knew if I worked consistently hard, I was going to get better as a football player. So now I'm in a place where I'm gifted with something. And now if I continue to gift, like consistently work at it, I'm just going to get better at it. So when I posted that first video and it went viral, I was just like, well, I mean, this is fun. I didn't, I didn't know anything about no money and involved in it. I just thought it was funny. I was making people laugh. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just do this. So automatically since from football, I was consistently making videos every single day, like every day. Like it, it wasn't like a chore. No, it was just fun to me. So once I started doing that, I was like, yo, I'm about to just keep doing this. But then someone hit me up. It was like, hey, do you want to do this ad for $80? I was like, $80? That's a lot of money for an ad. <laughs> so once I noticed there was like funds or money that comes with this, then I was like, all right, let me let me really see what's what this is about. So I kept doing that. Eventually, people from TikTok hit me up for the partner with Pizza Hut and stuff like that. So it was really like when um when I first really got that $80 and I was like, okay, this is, could be like something serious. So. Yeah. So for just humor me for a second, us old guys who don't really understand, I mean, I'm on Instagram, but like my kids have TikTok, So they, they find out everything they know. Dad, did you know that? And I'm like, how, where'd you hear that? Oh, I heard it on TikTok. You know? So I kind of roll my eyes. Like I'm now that old guy. So just assume everyone listening to this is an old guy who doesn't understand or old girl, I guess. How, does the idea of being a full-time content creator on TikTok, on Instagram, making videos on YouTube, like where, how do you make a living, right? You mentioned you work with Pizza Hut, there's ads, but then like, mm -hmm. just explain all the different ways that people like yourself make a living from being super funny and making entertaining videos on the internet. Yeah. So, uh, just to start from, I'm gonna just, uh, tell you from my journey. Yeah. So, uh, first it was TikTok. So you're just, uh, one of the things that makes me marketable 
is that I make funny, clean, relatable content that if your kid saw my skit, he would go to you and show you and y'all both laugh. It's not like, oh, you don't need to be watching that. So I knew, one, I'm not a big cursor anyway as a myself, but I knew that, okay, I need to make relatable content because this is what people are liking. So once I kept doing that, I noticed the brands kept coming in as in Pizza Hut, uh, I think Orbit. Uh, this is like, these are big companies that are coming at me early yeah. and they're they're giving me like, they start talking thousands of dollars that I'm just like for 15 second, a minute video. So it's like now things are changing. So that became a norm for me. So though the brands were coming, that's not as, um, it can, it can be like, you can have some months that are fast or some that are good or some in months that are slow. So that's when I started to transition and go to YouTube and YouTube is the thing that changed everything for me because I brought my content from TikTok and just brought it to YouTube. And uh, YouTube Shorts is pretty big, which got me from, I want to say, like a thousand subs to a million in eight months. Wow. And then after that, I started making longer videos. And that's when you can put the ads in between and then your revenue shoots up from there. So uh, I would say definitely the brands are the big thing with uh, when it comes to TikTok, but YouTube ad revenue, that's my biggest stream of income. And that's how I really make a living. And then you get sponsorships within YouTube as well as they see you grow. So uh, it, it's not, it's like, it's not too complicated, but it's like, um, it, it's crazy how stuff, like I, I literally, if people just say I make comedy skits and make get paid for them, they look at me crazy. <laughs> but that's, it's just what it is. Hey man, only in America. Do hey, do you man? That's so. So now I'm just I'm gonna ask like, there's always the the yin and the yang. There's always the good, and, and it always comes with a little bit of bad. When you live your life on the internet, and and obviously you're putting yourself out there, you're entertaining people. Some people I'm sure love every video. I'm sure some people don't love every video. Right? There's mm-hmm. always feedback. The internet sometimes has the worst humans on the planet that live there. That's something that these young kids now are growing up in. I, I even can see it in little glimpses with my young kids where, dad, how many likes did you get? Dad, what did the mm-hmm. comments say? Like, they're so worried about the feedback from strangers. Like, as someone who lives in that world every single day, and I'm sure you get great feedback, and I'm sure there's some negative because, let's be honest, it's the internet. Yeah. How do you deal with it? And at the same time, like, what would be your message to other young kids that are listening to this who also you know, are putting their life out there, putting videos, trying to get recruited and have to deal with negative feedback on the internet, maybe at a, you know, middle school, high school at a, at a young age. Uh, the best thing with me, cause I, I get it all the time. It is like, it, it, I feel like regardless of what you do in life, someone's going to always have something to say. It don't matter. You could be feeding every homeless person in the world and someone's going to have something negative to say. All you got to do is just worry about what you want to do and how you can make a positive impact on others. I, you really just got to ignore the outside noise because a lot of those times when you're doing something good, those people that are hating on you or saying something crazy, they want to do what you're doing and they, 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 they can get jealous, you know? So really you just got to stay in your lane, stay focused and don't let that negativity get to you. Cause I, I'm not going to lie. I'm human, you know? I've been yeah. in situations where someone's comment and, you know, I would say something slick, nothing crazy, but I would say something slick to be funny because they don't expect me to say anything. But for the most part, I ignore it all because it, I mean, it is what it is. People are always going to have something to say regardless of what you do. So you just got to stay focused in your lane 
uh, and keep doing what you're doing because um, it's like a, it's always a small percentage of people always. that are hating over the all the other people that love what you do. So yeah. and it, it can it can get you kind of off track sometimes, but you got to stay focused. Yeah, some something I say to my kids all the time is you got to know whose opinion matters, right? We you don't want to block everybody's opinion out because then you're closing your ears and you're, and you're not being open to feedback and honesty and, and truthfulness. So you don't want to live your life that way either. Whose opinion do you care about? Like when you get feedback on your videos or you get feedback on, on different skits or different ideas that you might have, like, do you have a, a little circle in your family? Is you have a close group of friends? Like, are there people whose mm-hmm. opinion that they can call you and say, Hey man, that's not funny. That's really good. Do more of that. And you won't take it personal, but like these people's opinions matter to you like who are those people oh definitely i definitely have a group so it's small though i don't like go out tell everyone but uh definitely my my girlfriend's one of them for sure because i i just let her you gotta keep her you gotta keep her happy (laughs) yeah you gotta keep her (laughs) definitely uh my boy laquan uh from high school uh we went to school together and um he he's super funny dude like we're such like on the same mindset when it comes to funniness so I always like if I'm unsure about something, I send it to him, make sure if he thinks it's funny, if it's funny, then I'm good to go. And uh, usually my boy, Daryl, he's also another successful YouTuber and content creator. And uh, I like sending them. Those are main three like people that I send stuff to. And sometimes I show my parents, they just, anything I post, they laugh. So that's why I just I go to them sometimes. But anything I post, they think it's funny, most likely. But yeah, usually my girlfriend, Lathorn, and my boy, Daryl that I usually show them my stuff just, just to make sure if I'm on uneasy, if I think it's funny or not. So. So tell us a little bit about your creative process. So when, when you're thinking about, you know, making new skits, obviously I've, I've been on your page. I've watched a lot of your videos. I, I, you have, you have certain common themes, certain ones that are kind of one-offs. Like what does the creative process look like to you from the moment you have an idea or a concept to it's actually posted and, and put up on all your channels? So honestly, I get in the shower. <laughs> it's like, it comes to mind, man. It's so crazy. People ask this all the time, too. So I'm just like, I really just be chilling sometimes. And like, ideas just come to mind. Or like, I'll be in a situation where something funny's happened. And I'll just play, man, that'll be a funny skit. So like, honestly, like the skit will come to mind. And then I'll go on my notes, which I have like, notes and notes of skits that I still haven't done to this day. And then I put like put it down just to remind me. So I'll be like, okay, next week I'm gonna do this. So I'll like set up my schedule as and I'll do like two or three reels a week. Um, have the idea. Uh, usually use the green screen or my ring, uh, ring lights and then just shoot it. But other than that, when it comes to like coming up with ideas, I, I'm telling you, I just be chilling. I don't force it. The only time I gotta force the idea is when I have to do a brand and I gotta be like, okay, let me see how I can put the brand in this funny skit and make it marketable and everything like that. But other than that, when it comes to stuff on my page, it's like, it's a, a lot of it's stuff I experienced or it's just funny ideas that come in my mind. I'll be like, yo, this would be funny. So I'm going to just do it. Yeah. So when they put you on the spot though, and they're like, Hey, here's a couple bucks. Go be yes. funny. You're like, <laughs> exactly. I, I think of that. I think of that scene from wedding crashers where like that little kid wants Vince Vaughn to make him a bite. He's like, make me a bicycle clown. It's like, <laughs> like, what am I here? To, I don't know. I always think of that. Like every time when someone's like, Hey, just be funny. Like, do you ever get a no? Do you ever get tired of everyone just saying like, Hey man, Christian, just, just be funny, man. Just like, like you're at a party or out with some buddies. Like you ever like, guys, yeah. like, 
Is I'm sure yeah. that gets annoying when you're the funny guy. Yeah. Everyone thinks you always got to be the funny guy. Nah, yeah, that's true. It's funny. I went to go speak to this one high school, and some kid was like, uh, "So you're funny? Tell a joke." I'm just like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, I know it. It's like I can't just. I mean, it will naturally come out, but I'm not about to stay up here and do stand up or something. That's great. So let me ask you another thing again, because you live in this space every single day. We, we see so many kids right now, especially on Instagram. They're posting highlight videos to YouTube. We've kind of created this like highlight real culture. It's how mm. kids are getting recruited. It's how kids are making showcase teams and showcase camps. Like what are you seeing out there? Let's start with the positives. Like what are you seeing out there right now that young kids just having a, a, a knack for understanding social media and how to use it to their advantage? Like what do you see young, you know, middle school, high school kids doing through social media, especially in the sports world, that's really allow them to be seen by more people, maybe get scholarships, get on college campuses. Like, are, what are you, what are you seeing as someone who lives in that every day? So personally, me, uh, I know like, cause I graduated high school in 2015. So social media was big, like Twitter. I just got on Twitter around that time. But uh, now that it's evolved so much, I'm seeing kids post their highlights like on TikTok, Instagram now. And uh, a big thing like on Twitter, when a coach posts something, like all you see in the comments is huddle highlight links now. Yep. And I'm like, yo, this is like we were, I don't, at least during my time, I don't remember us doing that because I made a Twitter for recruiting, but I didn't know like to comment on coaches stuff. But that's all I see now is like, they're trying to get the exposure. And I, I mean, I don't blame them because that's if you want to get noticed, you got to do what you got to do. So that's one of the things like I feel like uh, the like they're persistent. You know, they're they're looking at other ways. They're finding other ways and they have the Internet to figure out new ways to get noticed. So that's one thing is like being under coaches uh, post and just commenting and DMing yeah. them and just not being afraid. Like I was emailing back when I was uh, in high school trying to email coaches, not even using social media, but everyone's on social media now. So that's one thing about uh, kids today. They'll be persistent with that. Well, I want up you when I was coming out, the way you got coaches to see is your coach would make like a VHS. You, you even know what a VHS oh, tape is? Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> have you ever seen a VHS tape? Um, uh, <laughs> but you know, so but no, like we didn't even have like digital, like there was no like digital way to have our games. They were all on like VHS tapes. And then you'd sit there with, with a dual VCR and my dad mm-hmm. would sit there and hit, you know, cop, you know, um, record, stop play. And he would splice up the reels and then you would pack it. You'd make a million copies and you'd package them and you'd drop ship them to coaches around the country. Hope they got it. Hope they put it into their VCR and watch the film. Like when I was coming out, that was the only way. So it's so funny because I noticed that too. I follow a bunch of different college coaches, guys that I've worked with guys that I just know or fans of. And it's so true. They could post like, Hey, excited for spring ball, you know, come on out to, you know, wherever. And then you're right. If you click on that and you to see all the comments, it's just high school kid, parent of a high school kid, high school kid. And it's just for anyone who doesn't know huddle is like an online, like cloud in essence, like a cloud service online that you can like upload highlights and plays and games. And then it's as simple as a coach just clicking on the link and they can watch your, watch your video from their phone. So it's just funny. You know, you emailed, I drop shipped VCR files, mm-hmm. cassettes. And now kids can literally just from their phone send a D, you know, send a DM or comment on an in, on a Twitter post, and any coach in the country can watch their highlight film. It's just to me the whole thing is just so bizarre. 
Yeah, times, man, it's changed for all our generations. So yeah, yeah. What what pitfalls now? Again, let's let's flip it on its head, right? We got middle school kids, we got especially high school kids. Every play they've ever made is now on social media. They've opened this whole door where it's hey, I'm making I'm putting myself out there because I want all the good. Well, as we know, sometimes with the good comes the bad. We talked a lot about that negative response and young kids not being able to be prepared. They think all these people's opinions matter. And all of a sudden they're just inundated with negatives, right? You highlight, you know, you show a highlight reel of you making an interception. Well, everyone's going to find out who that quarterback was on the other team. And that kid's going to get dogged in the comment section. So like, how do we continue to use social media for fun, for positive, but like, how do we prepare the kids to deal with the you know, the negative and and the pressures and being in the public spotlight that is just going to come with the territory once you put yourself out there. Man, I, I would just try to prep them on just trying to stay focused on doing what they're doing because uh, I feel like social media is good, but it's like, it's also like you go up there and then you start comparing yourself to others. And it's in the sports world too. You, you see people doing really good and like they're scoring touchdowns and you're like, dang, I wish that was me or whatever like that. So it's just really just focusing because it's like oh, everything goes on the internet. Everything, like I've been seeing people of high school highlights of people getting smacked. And then the thing is like they get hit and then those pe- those kids see that highlight and then they want to go to that person that got hit, go on their page and they exactly. put a bunch of negative comments. And exactly. it's like, yo, like you can't even. So you just got to really like, stay focused on what you're doing and stuff. So, uh, nah, but it's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. And especially as a high school player or middle school, cause, uh, social media is big now. So they're so influenced by stuff like that. So when you see comments like that, you're going to want to be like, dang, like, am I really trash or am I really bad? But you can't believe that you got to stay true to yourself, continue to knock all that negativity out and just believe that it's a process. Plus everyone gets hit. You know what I'm saying? Everyone goes, has bad plays. You just, it, yeah. Social media just kind of sucks when it comes to that. So social media, I mean, even at the professional level, I mean, even at the, the highest of levels, social media, we've, we've created such a highlight culture, right? We, we see everyone either at their absolute best or mm-hmm. at their absolute worst. We yes. never show, we never post videos of ourselves. We're all guilty of this, right? We never post videos of ourselves making just an okay play. No, you post the one hand catch, you post the best play of your day. And then someone else who wants to be a jerk, they post you getting your ass run over, missing a block or dropping a ball. Right. So like we only have the two extremes and for adults and people that are a little more accustomed to handling that we all understand the worlds that we're in and we understand how to deal with it. Where I see the concern is, you know, just thinking about my own kids and their age groups being in middle school, that's now all they know, right? They're judging. I don't want them to judge themselves by their best day or their worst day. But unfortunately, the second you enter that arena, those are the rules. Those are the rules that you're asked to come by. And I just think it's super important that people continue to show like you are, there's great, there's great usage of the internet. There's great usage of social media if done correctly, if done with the right perspective. So I Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. What you're doing is showing like, Hey, we don't have to take ourselves so serious every day. Not everything's life and death. Not everything's the end of the world. Like we can use social media as a fun outlet 
to let people be themselves and take a break from what can be a very stressful daily life existence, you know? No, that that's exactly true. It's crazy because, um, like, especially with me making skits, you would think, in my head when I started, it's like, oh, I'm just making funny skits. But these funny skits are making, like, a crazy positive impact on people. Like, especially, like, when it comes to, like, my YouTube channel, like, these kids think, like, these videos are the best thing ever. And they're just like, yo, we really love you. Like, I was depressed yesterday, but I came to watch your video. And now I'm like, you made me, made my day and stuff like that. Like, I've had one dude, I made one TikTok and, like, he was saying, like, he always comes back to that video when he feels sad. And I'm just like, yo, like, you would think it's not that big of a deal, but it is. Like, these videos are really making impacts and it's a positive impact at that, so... How old would you say, like, and just take your, your YouTube page, like how old or even TikTok, how old are, do you think the majority of your followers are? Like, do you think mostly like high school and younger? Like what, what do you think age group mostly resonates with your videos? Uh, definitely elementary school to middle school. <laughs> really? For sure. You too? Oh, oh, I'm yes. sure Mike, you know what? I, I bet you my kids follow you. I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, and if I they would, don't, I they are, if they don't, they will now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, middle school to uh, element or elementary to middle school. And then when we go to Instagram, TikTokish, I get some high schoolers. Like I'll go out, they be like, yo, I know who you are. So I do get them high schoolers. And then obviously when I go back to Charlotte, um, they know who I am too as well, like students. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I know my age group when it comes to this different social media platforms. So like the stuff I do on YouTube, I won't put on Instagram. Because it's kind of like, I, Interesting. I would, it's kind of like, it's funny. I will say it's funny, but I know the age group that's going to laugh at that stuff. Yeah. And then it, uh, when it comes to Instagram, I have that more older crowd when it's high school to college and a little bit older. So I only put, post certain videos up there. And then TikTok is kind of get the both uh, best of both worlds. That's interesting. For, for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain your nickname? Can you explain? Oh, uh, yeah. So my nickname is uh, the Black Badger. And um, so my nickname comes from, uh, you, you know, Tyra Matthew. Of course. Yeah. So. Honey Badger. High, exactly. The Honey Badger. So in high school, um, I was I was small. I was like 5'9", 165. And um, I used to have a black mohawk. And he, during the college, like, he was one of the most, one of the best, uh, one of the only person I really looked up in college football because he was like five nine, yeah, one one something. But this dude was like playing like he was six five two fifty, like he was he was a beast. And I, like me being small and aggressive in high school, I was like, yo, like that's why I want to style my play after. So like I used to have a picture of him in my locker uh, junior year, and my boy Brad Cannon one day was just like, yo, what's up, Black Badger? I was like, I like that. So ever since then. I took that nickname until since junior year of high school. And like some people at one point, like people didn't even know my real name. They'll just be like, your name's Badger, right? <laughs> like they didn't even know my real name was Christian. So that's uh, awesome. Nah, I just ran with it. So hopefully, you know, one day I'm still hoping to meet Tyron Matthews because he's a huge part of that. I'm sure at some point that's going to be me. I'm sure we can make that happen at some point. I'm sure he'd love to hear that he inspired you. So, so the last couple of things and I'll let you go. Like, What's next for you? Like, how far do you see yourself taking this, you know, this, this life on the internet, this content creation, like what is the next step for you? The next step for me is acting. 
acting is a big part. It's crazy because I've got, I've been acting for about two years now and I got signed to my acting agency due to social media. And uh, there was a girl that went to my high school that saw what I was doing. She was like, are you like interested in acting, like being on television? I was like, yeah, like that's what I want to do. So she let me do that. I got in contact with her agent. Uh, I did like a side piece, like I read a script for her. The agent loved it. And um, things just took off from there. I actually I actually just got from back from Wilmington, North Carolina, but I'm about to be in a huge, huge, huge uh, film that's coming out like in next year or 2024 but uh yeah i'm already going i'm not already i've been so basically i've been in two feature films uh i've been in a uh truest commercial that should come out sometime and uh dirt devil photo shoot so acting is where my concentration is really at because uh i just got a passion for entertaining people but i kind of want to be like that jamie fox you know I, I i know i can get into the game by being funny but eventually i want to get serious and just be do anything you know so acting is my thing um i did some stand-up too that that was an experience I only how did was it that once. It, it went good like i had a lot of people laughing it went really good so i think i'm a dibble and dab and stand up every now and then but my focus right now since i got that role it's crazy because um before i got that role i was really thinking about quitting acting i really was thinking about i was talking to my boy and literally, as I'm talking to him, I get an email saying I got a callback audition for this movie. And I was just like, yo, God is just telling me, yo, stick with it. And uh, things, everything's going to be all right. So that was my sign. The fact that I got the role is a one-liner, but hey, it's a start. Hey, it all it, starts, man. Exactly. So I got that uh, role. Uh, it's a pretty big movie. Sonata Lathan's going to be in it. Uh, oh, wow. A few, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. So. I get some FaceTime and everything. So I, I'm excited, but uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a start for something with me. And uh, I'm excited for my future when it comes to acting, for Just sure. Just think, man, it, it all started because you did a video on taking the garbage out. Exactly. Just when you boil when you boil it all down, one day when you're a big actor, just say, hey, how'd you get your start? Well, do you remember the pandemic in 2020? <laughs> People are going to be like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I did a video on taking the garbage out. And they're gonna be like, what? Exactly. So there you go, man. You just the message is you never know. Yeah. You never know. It. And uh awesome. I guess the biggest thing about that too is like I feel like a lot of people are always like uh they question if they should do something. And uh I guess my big thing with that is just just it, just do it. If you have an idea, just do it. Cause you really never know what's gonna come out of it. Like I didn't go into this thinking I was gonna be a full-time creator. I did it because I loved it. And the blessings just came behind it. So if you have an idea, just do it because you never know what's going to come out of it. That's awesome. Well, well, let everybody know how to find you. How, how do, for our listeners, they, they're new to you. They're new. How do they find you? How do they find all this content and all this funny stuff that you're able to make each day? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at the Black Badger, T-H-E-E, Black Badger. I'm on all social media. So you can find me on all that. Awesome. Well, man, Christian, I really appreciate you joining us. I think this is super relevant. I think social media, whether people like it or not, is something we all are going to live with for the very the foreseeable future. Our kids need to understand how to navigate it. They need to understand how to make, you know, make use of it, both good and avoid the negative. So wish you nothing but success, man. I hope you have a great career. We'll be following you. Keep making funny stuff. Keep being you. And we appreciate you joining us here on You Think. Nah, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. You got it, man. Good luck to you. 
Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Christian. Um, really interesting, really funny, creative, smart kid. Um, really has made an unbelievable transition from his time as a uh, as a football player um, right here at, at UNC Charlotte to now as a full time you know internet sensation. You know his his videos have gone viral. He he's just really a really sharp sharp guy, funny smart. Um, it, it was a cool conversation. I think it was such a timely conversation because so many of our kids, I know my own, get so much of their information and so much of their of their time from social media. And you know, there's good, right? They're they're made aware of certain things. It's good, but there's also a lot of negatives that come with it. And that's us as parents. That's our job to continue to police and continue to monitor the information that they're exposed to and the outlets on social media that they're following. So it, it's a it's a changing world. It's a crazy world. It's not an easy time to uh to raise a young kid, but I thought Christian had some really good insight into what that world is like, you know, coming from someone who lives it, breathes it, sleeps it every single day of his life. So we appreciate Christian for joining us um, at this time. As we know, it's not only going to be our, our uh, fan questions with our fan favorite Tasha, but we're going to get a quick Syracuse. The last two Syracuse orange updates, not quite not as good great. as for the first couple of weeks, not quite as good. No, but they're hanging. We're, we're hanging tough. We're going to, we're going to, they're going to turn it around. Yeah. We'll see what they do this weekend, but it was not, not looking. Who do they got this weekend? Wake Forest? Hot. I think we have Pitt this weekend. Pitt. All right. You can beat Pitt. I know Notre Dame last week was tough. Yeah, it was tough. Tough, tough coming off that Clemson game. Tough coming off that Clemson game. Yeah, it was a bummer, but you know what? It was Halloween weekend. Maybe they had fun at Halloween. I'm not sure. Did you guys I do anything fun for Halloween? Um, you know, we didn't do anything crazy. Uh, we kids dressed up. My boys were Maverick and Goose. My daughter and a bunch of her friends were M and M's. Um, so we had fun. We went. We went over one of our family friends' house, and the kids went trick or treating, and the adults kind of just hung out and made mm -hmm. sure they didn't eat the entire bag of of candy in one sitting. So yeah, we we had a kind of a low key. Nothing nothing too crazy. We're not huge Halloween people in our house, but uh, yeah, we had fun. How about you? Did you dress up? I did. I was a I was a painting. Oh, that's right. We talked about this. You were a painting. Yeah. Your boyfriend was a painter. How how was yeah. the reception? Was it pretty well received? You know, people actually figured it out. I was surprised because it was a pretty, pretty not great painting, but they figured it out. So it was good. Um, I remember when you first told me that story, I thought your boyfriend was actually a painter. So the way Tasha first told me this story, she's like, well, I'm going to be a painting. My boyfriend's a painter. So he painted a, a dress and I'm going to walk around as a painting, <laughs> but it's a horrible painting. I was like, well, if your boyfriend's a painter, you might not want to tell his painting suck or else he's got to get a new job. And you're, you're like, oh, no, no, he's not really a painter. He's yeah. on Halloween, a painter. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I thought I really that was like that his wrong. profession and he was trying to show you off or something. Yeah. And then I just didn't like it. That'd be horrible. Well, and you're just shitting on his painting skills. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear he's not an actual bad painter. So that works yeah. out. He's doing well in his career. We're fine. So our first audience question for today is from Chloe from Instagram. They say, I played ice hockey at Harvard, but I'm struggling with what to do next. So what advice would you give competitive athletes on how to find their next move? Yeah, I think this is a challenge that all, I think all people, but let alone athletes um, really face. And when you think about it, especially athletes that play, you know, beyond high school, right? Where they have a college, some sort of college career or, or some sort of time and in, in playing professionally when it's your it's really your identity it's what you've done you've poured your entire life into this and then at a very young age 
it's gone, right? It'd be, and I tell people all the time when, you know, I talk about athletes, I say, well, take if you went to school your whole life to be a lawyer, you went to all those years of law school, you went through all that stuff. And then all of a sudden at age 28, they said, hey, no, you can't be a lawyer anymore. You got to figure out something. You've poured your whole life. You've poured your entire part, first part of your adult, your adulthood into being something that now you no longer can do. And it's not because you don't want to, it's just, you can't do it anymore. So I think it's a real challenge that a lot of people face specifically to what, to what Chloe's asking. You know, I think the key is, can you find something else that you truly enjoy waking up to do? And it could be a hobby. It could be, you know, a volunteerism. It could be something outside of maybe your job, right? Of course you got to find a job that motivates you and whatnot, but like find something else in your life that fills that competitive spirit that gives you something to work at, something to strive for, get, allows you to set certain goals. And for some people, it comes through their work. For some people, it comes outside of their work. There's a lot of ways to find it. But something that someone told me when I was transitioning from my playing days now into TV is like, TV is not going to give you that like competitive fire that playing will. You're never going to fill that completely. But find something else that motivate you to improve at or to strive at or compete at because that at least will will satisfy that portion of you that you've had your entire life. So I guess I would say the same thing to Chloe. Like it might not replace what you've done your whole life. It might not replace what you've experienced at Harvard and whatnot. But just try to fill that bucket with something else. And I think you'll find that it can be very, very satisfying. It can be very, very um fulfilling. Um, but yeah, it's it's easier said than done. Yeah. And a lot of people wrap their identity in it. Cause like you said, it's not, it's not like a lawyer where you're, I mean, studying when you're older, it's like you started when you were five years old. It's like, this yeah. is who you are. It's gotta be kind of daunting. And it's hard. And, and we try to talk with our kids about it. You know, I, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, I know you like sports. I know you like playing it, but like, this can't be who you are. It needs to be what you do. And I'm not saying you can't pour your whole life into it and, and time. And if it's really something you want to do, yeah, go do it. But it can't be how you see yourself. It can't be your your full identity. You have to have other hobbies. You have to have other interests because no matter how good you are, there's no one whose sports last their entire life. It's going to end. It could end in middle school. It could end in high school. It could end in college. Whatever it ends, it ends. And you got to be happy living the rest of your life. And um, I think we have to do a better job as parents teaching our kids to not wrap their entire identity in he or she's he or she's particular sport um but it's hard yeah well our next question is from alex from instagram she says how has your coaching changed since starting the podcast you know i i, I would like to think that it's changed i don't want to say a lot but i i would i would say it's fair to say it's changed to some capacity i find myself being a little bit more reflective take a step back review, all right, what'd you think about practice? What'd you think about how you responded to this situation or to this parent or to this kid? Or, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned through my conversations, like, am I, if I haven't been doing it in the past, am I making a conscious effort now to do it now? And if I am doing it now, can I maintain it and keep going and not get off path? So I, I find myself reflecting on a lot of these conversations and making sure that I try to implement a lot of it a lot of things that maybe I haven't done or things that I am doing and just continue to implement it with how I deal with parents, how I deal with my own kids, how I deal with other people's kids that I coach. And, you know, I don't always do it perfect. There's times where I look back and I'm like, mm, that's not what I should have done. But like my, at the very minimum, I'm aware of it. And at the very minimum, I'm conscious of it where if it 
if it's not perfect, hey, I have better tools. I have better ways now to handle that situation better the next time it comes up. So I'll be, you know, the next time it comes up, like I hold myself, say, hey, you're going to need to handle that a better way or handle that a certain way. So I, I think this has been a great experience for me to just find, you know, find ways to either improve, find ways that validate my approach, but also maybe find open my eyes to maybe a new vision, a new approach that maybe is in the best interest of the kids. That's good. Reflectiveness. The more you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, our last audience question is, do you have any coaching superstitions? Um, no, not really. Not, I, I don't, I don't. Um, what if you're not wearing a my, hat? I, I always have a hat. I always wear a hat. I'm a so, hat guy. So maybe, you know, like thinking about getting ready for tonight's game, right? So I, I started off the the segment with, you know, talking about tonight, we have our championship game. Like I'm not a big into like what I wear, my shoes, my hat, my thing. but like, I do want to make sure when I show up to the game, I've personally, as the adult and as one of the coaches, I've thought through different scenarios. I've thought through different situations. I'm really confident what we want to do. I'm confident in how we're going to utilize the kids, how the other team might approach us. Like, and I obviously can't go out on the field. I can't impact the game in that capacity. But like, I feel like if I spend the time to prepare and I spend the time to really have a good understanding, it'll allow me to better serve the kids once the game starts. Um, I know exactly how to react. I know exactly how to, what adjustment based on what happens in the game. I know what kids do well. I know what kids don't do well. I have a plan of rotations and, and depth charts and how to handle playing time and all that. So the more prepared we are going into the game, I think it allows you to make better decisions in real time when the game unfolds. So to me, that's my preparation. That's my superstition. Like, am, am I going to be in a position where I can do everything in my power to give our kids a chance to have success? Not to win. Can I, if I can help our kids have success individually and collectively, we'll win. We'll win as a byproduct of that. And I take that role seriously. It's something I put a lot of time and thought and, and, and uh, effort into. And then you just let the game unfold and see what happens. Well, that's it for all of the fan questions today. Keep submitting them at you think or at Greg Olson on either TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. Well, thank you, Tasha, as always. And uh, thank you guys all so much for continuing to follow along on this journey here at You Think. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week here on You Think.